You may be seated, guys. So much going on here, isn't there? I was just listening to all those announcements made by the dynamic Chrissy, and um, I was thinking, there's such life here, such incredible momentum. You know, it's thriving, really. And it's, I think it comes from God, but it also comes from your leaders who are outward thinking. They're never, they're never settled for the great thing you've got going on here. They're sending out people here and there and everywhere to do what's here everywhere. And I think what that does is it stirs life and creates momentum. And it's exciting to see what's going on. I want to be at the worship night tonight, but I can't. Um, but, you know, so many, so many great things happening. And I know you've recently started this Next Steps. Um, is that with you, Chris? Yeah. And thank you for piloting that for us because we're going to learn from you and take it to Mossman starting in September. And we've got Trish here from C3 Mossman who's going to be heading that up. So we're here today to learn from you. She's actually going to go along to your next steps and, and do that. And I'm really excited about that because what's great about next steps is it just it's a structure and an intentional way to help people connect on a deeper level with God and the church and actually take people forward in their relationship with Jesus Christ because as our connection with church increases and deepens, we actually find ourselves accessing God in a deeper way. And I'm excited about taking that to Mossman because I personally find no greater joy than taking people on their next step with Jesus. I actually consider that my favourite next step, taking someone else on their next step. And do you know what I find? When you take someone else on their next step, you take a step too. <laughs> There's no greater joy for me than taking someone on their next step with Christ and seeing what God pulls out of people, seeing the call of God evolve in someone's heart and life. It's quite incredible. And I actually wonder if I'm so passionate about this because I had people do that to me all the way through my walk with Christ, right from a young age. I was very privileged to grow up in church. I don't take that lightly. When I was five years old, my girls' brigade, <laughs> does that still exist? I think it does. My girls' brigade leader actually led me to Christ. We were sitting in a circle of five and she offered the opportunity for me to, me to meet Jesus. And we had to squeeze the hand of the girl next to us if we wanted to meet Jesus. <laughs> Different way of doing it. But I did that and I still remember that. She called that relationship into being for me. And then in youth, I remember, I was the shyest girl in youth. And believe it or not, I still have a bit of a shy edge. <laughs> um, but my leader, my connect leader, saw the leader in me and she called it out of me. She got me to do things, go and look after that person, go and speak, go and do this, go and run this. And I didn't know I had that gifting or calling in me until she saw it. And then in my 20s, I don't know if anyone else has been in this predicament, but I needed a leader to pull me back on track <laughs> while I was straying off a little bit. And she never put me down or made me feel terrible. She just called out the purity and the innocence in me and she pulled me back on track in the most gracious and loving way. And then in my 30s, I found myself at C3 City. It was my first C3 location and I found myself surrounded by, well, my leaders but also my peers that just caused me to think bigger 
my mindset's changed more in my 30s than really ever (laughs) because I was just surrounded and connected with people that thought bigger than me. My mindset's completely changed and it continues on. I just find the more people that I'm open to connecting to and allowing God to weave into my world, the more full my life becomes and the closer I've come to God and the call he has on my life. Then I met Valeria who caused me to change my outfits. (laughs) She's like, come on, Kira Lee, take it up a notch. I know I'm a bit sort of boring today, but um, I'm doing my best, guys. (laughs) You know what? Everyone God connects you with, it's going to increase your life. It's going to cause improvement to your world. It's going to pull something out of you that you never knew was there before. And to help someone get to a new place with Christ is the greatest joy that I have. Colossians 3.3 would be one of my favourite scriptures. It says, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I find that kind of like an adventurous scripture. It's like the challenge of life is to get to know God better and better so we get into the life he has for us in that groove, in that momentum, in that sweet spot. But we don't go on that adventure alone. We go on it with people. And we all find that life hidden in Christ together because life's meant to be lived together. Now, I think we all naturally have kind of a circle of people around us, a, a, a group, of, group of people we're well connected with to an extent. Some of us have quite small circles, like might just be our immediate family. Some of us might just stick with our spouse. Some of us have a few safe, close friends. Some of us are in connect groups. We've all got sort of different circles that we evolve in through life. But this quote from Mother Teresa just stopped me in my tracks a few years ago when I read it. The problem with the world is that we draw our family circle too small. And when I read that, I just felt a real conviction drop into my spirit to start thinking about where I was drawing my circle around my life and who I was allowing into it, who I was pushing out of it and what was going on in it. (laughs) Was it a circle that was inclusive or was it exclusive? Was it a circle that built one another up and encouraged one another or did we just all stick together and survive through life? I was challenged just to think it through because who knows Mother Teresa would have had to have been the most open Uh, inclusive, loving, outward thinking woman on the planet. And I was encouraged to say to God, who do you want me to connect with? Who do you want me to be in a circle with? Who should I be connecting with? Because it keeps evolving all through life. It's not neat and tidy. It's not like once you've found your little club, you stick together for the rest of your life. It's messy. It's colourful. It overlaps. It's fluid. It's ever-changing. People come. People go. Some people stay for life, particularly if you're married. But our circles keep changing and evolving as God takes us on the journey of life. And it's important to think about this because it's not just for ourselves. It's actually for others because loneliness is rife. Even in crowds, even in church crowds, loneliness is rife. Do you know I heard the other day that the UK has appointed a minister for loneliness 
to tackle the issue of isolation. Isn't that frightening? I find that quite frightening. And then I started reading all these other more distressing stats that I won't share with you today. Um, But Andy Stanley, a great preacher in the States, puts it this way. Circles are better than rows. We come to church and we sit in rows and we worship God and we form community that way. And we'll never give up doing that because there's so much goodness and richness that comes from coming together. But we do life in circles. And the circles are the strength of the rows. <laughs> and we're good at C3 at doing rows, aren't we? We put on some pretty spectacular events. I mean, just being here this morning, seriously, we're privileged. But that's not going to take us through life when crisis hits, when obstacles come. We actually need to be in strong, robust, ever-evolving, messy, colourful, fun circles <laughs> to do life well. So I just want us to think about this morning, I'm going to go into the word, but who's in, my, who's in your circle? Who's not in your circle? Is my circle accessible for others to join? Do I need to expand my circle a little bit? Do I need to join a circle? <laughs> do I need to start a new circle? Have I got the capacity to actually start something myself, start a connect group, start a friendship group, open my home a little bit more, open my house for prayer, invite some people to do that hobby with me that I like doing every Friday morning on my own. Maybe there's some people around you that are lonely and could be included in that. Maybe they're not lonely, but your connection is going to bring something new out of each other. We're talking about creating community this morning on purpose but I've called this message who's in my circle because I think it just brings a visual to the situation so I want to look through uh, Luke 19 from the message version and I've sort of paraphrased it to get through the story it's one of my favorite stories in scripture it's about Jesus meeting Zacchaeus the tax collector a very wealthy corrupt tax collector now Jesus could have been one of those creatures that could have validly said, I'm pretty full for people right now. I've got my family back home. I've got my 12 disciples. I'm on the road constantly. I've got people in and out of my life making demands at me all day long or night long. I'm full. No more room for me. But Jesus never did that. Jesus was the most open-armed, inclusive bring people into his world kind of guy. I love Jesus. And I just want to walk through this. So the first, the first um, scripture in Luke 19, it says, Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. He was just passing through. He was walking through Jericho. That wasn't his destination. Sometimes we get so destination focused, don't we, that we forget there's a whole lot of people we could meet on the way. Do you know how I came across C3 City is 18 years ago I was on my way to have lunch with some work friends and I meant to call one of them to tell them I was running late and his name was Jeremy but I had two Jeremy's in my phone I called the wrong Jeremy and the wrong Jeremy said hey you've got the wrong Jeremy but by the way how are you I said I'm well he says hey after a bit more conversation what church are you in these days I said, actually, I'm not in church. That was in my early 20s when the leader had to (laughs) pull me back on track. (laughs) And he said, hey, I found this cool church. 
in the city. You should come along. I'm like, cool, okay, I'll check it out. See you Sunday. He just found me on the way somewhere. It wasn't an intentional moment, but he was alive and active to who the Holy Spirit might send his way in that moment. And, you know, there's so many people that we could meet on the way somewhere if we would live life present. Get off our phones. We all do it. (laughs) Have our radar up. Pray in the morning. Who is it that you want me to meet today? Our culture is very destination driven, but God is very journey focused. And to become journey focused, I think, would have to be one of the greatest gifts, to be present at every step of the journey, who we might meet. It goes on. There was a man there. His name, Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. Zacchaeus was a successfully corrupt tax collector. He had all the wealth, but no peace in his heart. I think sometimes the greatest problem is that we look at people's circumstances and make a judgment on whether they're okay or not. And I, I know for sure that if you dig a bit deeper, everybody's got something going on. Everybody. I know um, when I was at City, there was this girl there, great girl, looked, she's beautiful, her life um, was always all over social media because it was actually her job, she was a stylist and um, she just looked happy, she looked like she had it all sorted, she had a lot of followers (laughs) and she had a lot going on and one day she said to me, actually, I'm leaving the church, I'm going to a new church and I thought, well, that's good that she's going to another church, she's not (laughs) bailed out. Um, And I said, what's the problem? And she said, I'm just so lonely here. And I said, really? You look like the most popular human on the planet. And she said, Kiralee, it's all a facade. She said, it's just for my work. I have to go to all those events and go to all those cafes and take a photo of myself wearing the outfit because it's my job. She said, but I go home and cry myself to sleep because I've actually got no friends. And it was the biggest wake-up call in my life because I thought... My goodness, you can't judge a person on how it looks. You actually need to have open arms to see people and pull them into connection, no matter how intimidated you might feel, no matter how popular they might look, no matter how happy they seem. They might not be. (laughs) He desperately wanted to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and he couldn't see over the crowd. So Zacchaeus felt a void in his life, but like so often in life, he didn't know how to change it, he didn't know how to fill it. And do you know what I've found is that people are facing obstacles, we're all facing an obstacle, even if life's great, there's usually an obstacle somewhere in our world, don't you find? It's like you get over one and there's another one. But what I find is that people around us don't necessarily have the answers. It's not like you have to have an answer to someone's problem. You don't always have to be able to help that person overcome that obstacle or have that scripture that's going to just nail that issue. You actually just need to be a friend and hold their hand and walk them through and buy them a coffee and hang out and make them laugh. And Do you know what? It takes the edge off any obstacle if you've got someone walking through it with you. And I think sometimes we, we don't pull into people into connection with us because we're worried we can't help (laughs) but actually just connection on its own without doing anything else helps 
It really does. And I think if we just learnt to be comfortable with our imperfections and our lack of answers and <laughs> just befriended people, we'd affect more people than we think. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. You know, people are more desperate for Jesus than we think they are. Just before we started C3 Mossman, uh, it was two years ago, I used to see this beautiful woman um, walking around. I actually texted her and asked her permission to tell this story. I'm not sure how she's ever going to hear it, but anyway. Her name is also Kiralee. And she's that, she just was a very well-dressed, well-spoken woman. And I, I don't know, I just had no idea she was desperate for Jesus, put it that way. I just used to see her around. Anyway. Before we started C3 Mossman, we did this big letterbox drop to every letterbox in Mossman. And a lot of people were quite surprised because my husband's a real estate agent in Mossman, so he's quite known in that way. And I'm a school mom, and it was just a bit weird for some people. What are they doing starting a church? Anyway, she, this woman, Kiralee, came over to me at the kids' athletics carnival at school. And she said, hey, I got this brochure <laughs> in my letterbox. And I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah, we're starting a church. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's awkward. And um, she said, hey, is it like, you know, is it open to everyone? Like, is it like a public thing? And I'm thinking, well, we just did a letterbox drop to 10,000 people. <laughs> um, I said, yes, it is. And I thought, shivers, she wants to come. And she said, can I come? And I said, Yes, yes you can. <laughs> and I'm secretly doing, you know, hula hoops. Anyway, she came to the launch and Mark Kelsey was preaching and she was the first one on that altar to meet Jesus Christ. Amazing. And do you know, from then on, when I saw her around, I just saw her so differently. I, I, saw, I saw who she really was because the walls came down. My silly eye filters were <laughs> pulled by the Holy Spirit and I actually saw even though she'd made that decision to connect with Jesus I saw darkness over her life I saw her for who where she was really at I was able to see her through God's eyes and then I said to her one day I said are you okay and she said no I'm not and I and she was going through massive depression and um we got her on the altar and we prayed for her and Andy Kabbalah was there and he prayed for her. You know that depression lifted that day in a moment and it's never come back. And she went on to have the most incredible encounters with Jesus for over a year. She's now living in um, New Zealand so I'll have to connect those people I just met that are moving to New Zealand. But she, um, you know, we just don't know who's desperate for Jesus, do we? We don't know how many people need him and who is around us that needs him right now. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Jesus didn't just see the crowds. He saw the one, the one that was humbly, hum, humbly stuck up a tree trying to see him, the one that was on the edge, the one that nobody else wanted to talk to because he was taking all their money and ripping them off. Jesus went for that kind of person and hurried down. He had that urgency about him. Not only that, 
He wanted to invade his home with his presence. And I think, you know, that could be seemingly arrogant to just invite yourself into someone's home. But I think what Jesus is saying to me in this scripture is, invade people's worlds, invade, get into people's worlds, do what you have to do to get into people's worlds, into their homes, into the place where they're comfortable. You know, people's homes is where they're comfortable. And it might not be someone's actual home, but you might need to find out what it is that makes that person comfortable and invade that space with them so that it gives you access to love on them and bring them into connection with Jesus. And that's what I love about our Connect Group system is it's quite fluid. We don't all have to meet in a home, in a circle, reading the Bible. You can go bike riding or you can, I don't know, go sailing or go shopping or (laughs) whatever it is. But find out who is it that God's put on your heart, what makes them feel comfortable and take them into that environment. But take Jesus too. and help people meet Jesus in the place of their comfort zone. So the first thing is to see people. The second thing is to believe in people. Jesus called him Zacchaeus. He actually used his name. Do you know what Zacchaeus means? It means pure and it means innocent. And I just think the fact that he stood at the bottom of that tree and called out his name, a, you know, a corrupt man, a man that had ripped off everyone around him, but Jesus called out pure and innocent. He didn't call out corrupt and dodgy. He called out pure and innocent. And sometimes when we're feeling bad about ourselves, in fact, all the time when we're feeling bad about ourselves, we need someone to see the good in us that we aspire to because we all aspire to goodness, don't we? We all aspire to goodness and we're never going to connect with anyone that is going to confirm the bad side of us. You know, my early 20s and I mentioned that leader, she never put me down. She never said what you're doing's wrong. She never said that track's going to take you nowhere. She just kept calling out the goodness in me. She just kept getting me back on track with love and grace and mercy. And hey, I see this for you. I see that for you. Her words created a vision for me that was more inspiring and more exciting than where my life was currently tracking. And I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to call out the goodness in people. He called him down in his current state. He didn't ask him to change before the connection. Just the connection caused him to change. He doesn't condemn or put us down. Actually, Chrissy, can I just just speak a little word over you? I just felt when you were up here and you were just even giving your announcements. I actually, obviously you've got ministry on your life and you're going to need a pulpit. But I actually had a vision when you were speaking of you physically getting that pulpit and chucking it to the side because, and putting the microphone down and just looking at people face to face and holding their hand as a way of laying hands on them and speaking prophetically into people's hearts and lives all through the day, at night, wherever you are, whatever you're doing at work. I just feel like sometimes we we think there's work and there's ministry. Do you know what? 
there's no difference. It's all the same. And God's called you to prophesy, prophesy. I feel like the cry of God, like free hearts, go and do this thing. He's got a gift in you. It's bursting to be used. And I, I don't know actually what you do here, but I, I, I do know that God just gave me that picture of don't wait. Don't wait for whatever you're waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. Chuck that thing aside, get into people's faces and hearts. Prophesy into their spirit. We need to call it out in people. We need people like Chrissy and all of us who have the word of God in our hearts to call out what God sees in people's hearts. Free each other up. We need to encourage one another. Free each other up. Because in that place of courage and freedom, our lives change and evolve and become what God's purposed us for. Gosh, I've got to hurry. Um, Genesis 1.27 said, God created us in his own image. In his image, we were created. Who he is, is in us. And who he is, is in others. But we actually need to get together face to face and call it out. And acknowledge it verbally so that people can go and be free to do those things that God's put in their hearts. The third thing is include people. Jesus said, today is my day to be a guest in your home. You know that feeling when someone just rocks up on your doorstep and the laundry is just right there and they can barely open the front door and you've got cruskets in the pantry and that's about it. You know what? The thing about that is you see people at their most vulnerable. You see people raw. <laughs> um, and Jesus was all about that. He was all about just being with people how they are, raw vulnerable, unprepared, because when we're raw, vulnerable and unprepared, we're ready to receive the gospel. And I think we just need to open out, open the doors of our home, open our arms, open our lives, raw, imperfect, ill-prepared, and just let people connect with us, connect with them in our raw, imperfect state and see what God can do in that place. Jesus just invaded people's lives. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cosy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned and stammered apologetically. Master, I give away half my income to the poor and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. It was just the fact that Jesus accepted him that caused him to change. It's incredible. Maybe there's someone in your world who would hardly believe their luck if you would intentionally connect them, connect with them and pull them into your world. Maybe there's that guy at work that's intimidating. Maybe he's busting to hang out with you for a beer after work. Maybe there's that family down the road that seemed to have it all together. Maybe when they shut the front door, it's crumbling at the seams. You don't know. I just encourage you to let Holy Spirit speak to you about who it is that you could include in your circle. Let's ask God to help us see these people because we need his eyes, don't we? We need his eyes. Thank you, Ben, for being, having initiative to come up. <laughs> I forgot to invite you. 
you know, I just want to pray for some people this morning. I'm going to get the band just to play because I want to invite you to come out. Maybe you feel like you've kind of closed your circle off to let anyone else in for fear of um, someone hurting you. Maybe you've been hurt in the past and you've you've shut yourself off from future relationships because someone else mucked you around. You know, there's always a safe place in God and there's always safe relationships God has for you. And the Holy Spirit will weave us and guide us into healthy, strong, sustainable, beautiful, fun relationships that make life a joy, that make life doable. That when there's a crisis, you've got someone to call. You might have 2,050 friends on Facebook, but what about when a crisis hits? Which one are you going to call? We need to be in strong circles. And I want to pray for people this morning that aren't letting people in to their circle. I also want to pray for people that suspect they could lead the charge and create a new circle. They could identify some people and bring them into their world. Maybe you realise you could expand your circle, that your home isn't reserved for your immediate family or your three close friends on Friday night, but actually God's got more people. He's got expansion on the horizon for you. And it starts with just simple connections, friendships, initiating that into your world to love and bless others, but in turn you'll be loved and blessed yourself. I want to pray for people this morning that have any of these things going on. I just want to encourage that from here today, you would be thinking a little bit more outward, wondering how, who, is, who is it that I could bring into my world, include into my world? How could I do that? What could I say? It's simple. Most people want to connect. <laughs> people want to connect. You're more connectable than you think. You know, I just see this church growing and flourishing, incredible momentum, starting this, starting that. There's all this stuff going on, but the stronger the circles are within this room, the more we're going to be able to do outside this room. And you know what? You want people that are coming in here for the first time, they want to be able to feel that strength that feel this is a home I can be part of and there's like six different options for me to join a connect group here or a group of friends there or dinner this night or there's always avenues spinning it sounds so simple but it's really important for us to have the answers to loneliness in the church is really really important this should be the strength of the church